Hello, Hyrock. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're continuing with our walk through the book of Isaiah. And just as a preface for today, we're actually entering a section. The next 11 chapters are various uh, prophetic judgments against the surrounding uh, peoples. We're not going to cover the entire 11 chapters. Uh, that will be get pretty dark and repetitive over time, but hopefully we'll cover some representative things and pull out some highlights as we uh, move through the book. But just for some context today as well, like his, uh, with current events, we're talking about uh, passages that uh, use a lot of warfare language and they uh, use a lot of uh, violent images. Uh, this is something that is true for much of history and for much of the world. Right now in the Middle East, we have scenes of uh, civilians dying in Gaza and dying in Israel and all kinds of horrible things that are going on there. And so you know, I want to recognize that we're um, we're speaking about history here, but we're speaking into a living context where uh, we're talking about a part of the world where, where people are suffering. Not that, uh, that it's the only area of the world where people are suffering, but I just want to recognize that as we go into this and, and, and recognize that we're trying to be uh, sensitive, but at the same time cover what the actual uh, prophecies of Isaiah are. So we're going to be in chapter 13 today, which is a prophecy against the kingdom of Babylon. We'll be in chapter 13, selected verses. And Michael, if you would read that for us, uh, that would be wonderful. Hear the word of the Lord. Isaiah, son of Amaz, received this message concerning the destruction of Babylon. Raise a signal flag on a bare hilltop. Call up an army against Babylon. Wave your hand to encourage them as they march into the palaces of the high and mighty. Scream in terror, for the day of the Lord has arrived, the time for the Almighty to destroy. Every arm is paralyzed with fear, every heart melts, and people are terrified. Pangs of anguish grip them, like those of a woman in labor. They look helplessly at one another, their faces aflame with fear. For see, the day of the Lord is coming, the terrible day of his fury and fierce anger. The land will be made desolate, and all the sinners destroyed with it. The heavens will be black above them. The stars will give no light. The sun will be dark when it rises, and the moon will provide no light. Look, I will stir up the Medes against Babylon. They cannot be tempted by silver or bribed with gold. The attacking armies will shoot down the young men with arrows. They will have no mercy on helpless babies and will show no compassion for children. Babylon, the most glorious of kingdoms, the flower of Chaldean pride, will be devastated like Sodom and Gomorrah when God destroyed them. Babylon will never be inhabited again. It will remain empty for generation after generation. Nomad, nomads will refuse to camp there, and shepherds will not bed down their sheep. Desert animals will move into the ruined city, and the houses will be haunted by howling creatures. Owls will live among the ruins, and wild goats will go there to dance. Hyenas will howl in its fortresses, and jackals will make dens in its luxurious palaces. Babylon's days are numbered. Its time of destruction will soon arrive. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. First of all, speaking about judgment here, the audience for this prophecy is not actually Babylon. The audience is Judah, uh, Judea, the, the southern kingdom. And so there are people who are going to be under Babylonian power and eventually taken away by Babylon into captivity at, at a distant date. Uh, this is not something that's in the near future for them, but it is something that will arrive. And in that context, as an oppressed people, they would likely hear passages and, and hear judgments like this and, and greet them with a certain amount of 
um, assurance, reassurance. I remember uh, Miroslav Volf, a uh, modern theologian, um, talks about how a lot of people in the West, when they hear like the the imprecatory psalms, like the, the psalms that, that call out for uh, God's vengeance against their enemies, things like that, that we often get really uncomfortable and often skip those. And, and he talks about how people who had survived in like Croatia and the Balkans and things like that, those people would often look to those psalms as being uh, deeply comforting because they helped people express uh, their deep pain and longing and even their anger and frustration. And it gave them the ability to direct those feelings to God rather than directly uh, to their enemies. That So one, there was this assurance that there would be divine justice. And also two, there was a place where they could bring their own personal desire for vengeance and leave that in God's hands rather than being motivated to take it uh, into their own hands. And so uh, a lot of times these passages serve a purpose that seems lost to people like us who live in relative uh, peace and safety. We we hear about it, we see it in our news feeds, um, but for most of us, it doesn't get that close to home. We have uh, an incredible amount of distance and comfort from uh, most of uh, these problems. Um, like even with the, the violence that's going on in Gaza right now, so uh, that's one thing to notice. Another thing to note about this is verse one. This is being directed to Babylon. We've been talking about Assyria so far, and Babylon is this little kingdom to the east of Assyria, so far away from Israel. They're not even a major power at this point. A hundred years from the time of Isaiah, they will rise to be a power that will displace and conquer the Assyrians. So already we're talking here about judgment of Babylon for the ways they abuse their power, and they haven't even yet risen to power. And the Babylonians will be replaced by the Medes and Persians. Uh, the Medes and Persians will be replaced eventually by the Greek Empire, and eventually the Greek Empire will be replaced by the Roman Empire. There'll be this kind of endless march of uh, regional superpowers. Uh, at present here, it's Assyria, but Babylon in the future. Kind of like the center of all this, and we'll see this in tomorrow's Devo, is this idea of pride that human beings, uh, when given power, we tend to think that we uh, not only deserve better than other people, but that we are better than other people. We begin to take authority for ourselves, think of ourselves as more than human, as better than other humans, and maybe even think of ourselves as, you know, small g gods. And, and this is a kind of pride that uh, not only will uh, not only God not tolerate, but other human human beings will not tolerate. In this case, the Medes who are going to rise up to conquer the Babylonians, just as the Babylonians rise up to conquer the Assyrians. So rolling all that together, I think one question for us is, you know, where do we fit in this? And I think sometimes these uh, words of judgment um, are, fall kind of on deaf ears with people uh, in our in our setting because. If anything, we probably don't identify with Judea in this situation. We probably identify more with Babylon. Uh, we, you know, Pastor Megan brings up this question. Uh, actually, I think she's going to start off her her sermon this weekend about it. It's like, you know, uh, how often do you think of the Roman Empire? And it turns out, American men at least think about the Roman Empire a lot. Some people even daily. And I think one of the reasons why is because we are in the modern setting. Uh, we are the Roman Empire. We are the world's greatest superpower. But we have to recognize, uh, as Isaiah says here, that superpowers don't last. Uh, there is an endless march of superpowers. Now, 
I, I, you can argue, and I would agree with you, that we are different than many of the the world's superpowers throughout history. Uh, we try to specialize in soft power, uh, but power is always complicated. And um, in any case, I think there is a, a question for us to ask, you know, where do we see ourselves falling into the same trap? And do we think of ourselves as being permanently deserving of this role of being the world's most powerful nation, the world's most powerful culture? And is there something for us to be humbled in? Because one of the inevitabilities of history, and in this case, prophecy, is that those who raise themselves up will be brought down low. And it reminds me of Pierce Shelley's famous poem, Ozymandias. And at the base of the statue, it says that it's about uh, Ozymandias, this great former king, apparently. And it says, my name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair, which is this, you know, double meaning. Uh, look on my works at the time he meant it as a statement of pride. Look at all my works in despair. But in this context, the meaning is nothing beside him remains round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. The, the ultimate theme is that um, pride will lead to a fall, uh, whether that's our own pride cutting ourselves down or, or in some way or another, God will have to bring us low for our own good and for the, the, for the rest of the world's good, because in the end, we are all human beings and no one has the right to see themselves as greater than or more than being human. Um, Michael, I'm wondering what you see here and especially, you know, maybe a context for us is like, how do you think of yourself as, as an American and what does it mean to be patriotic in a context where our greatest allegiance is always to Jesus Christ? Uh, I'm curious as to what you think about a passage like this. Yeah, I think, um, I think the passage makes me think of like how no matter how good or how benevolent or how powerful you are, when you start to put yourself at the center or of the uh, kind of like remove God from the, the narrative, then you begin to see what, you know, is being called out, not just in this passage, but I think even earlier on um, that, like what happened with all these nations, I mean, what, what happened with Judah and, and Israel is they, they began as nations where God was at the center and they really saw God as being sovereign and, and, and um, being with them and guiding them. But then as they got bigger and more powerful, gained more influence, um, God, became more and or became less and less central. And then, of course, what we see is what um, I think is just made what what the prophets are really direct about and what even uh, the rest of scripture is direct about. Of like humans, uh, we don't tend we don't trend towards goodness. Um, with, it, it's just not like human history just shows over and over that it is not our um, it doesn't seem to be our bent to work towards as much as we want to argue that like, oh, we're making progress, we're making it, but it's like progress is different than justice or goodness. Um, and, and I think uh, not even just biblical history, but just history in general will, will go to show that. Uh, and so I see that like here. And then I think in terms of like being an American being is like, it just makes me, these sort of passages make me want to pay attention more. Uh, it, it, it makes me want to um, be aware of how no matter how great of an empire you are like um there's no there's no great empire that has withstood um uh the, the uh, has withstood forever has stood forever um and and i think it's in this particular context like that it's really easy to look at judgment as something that's just like bad 
but it's also something where I think as people, we long for justice. And so if there was not judgment um, and then there, how could there be justice? And, and particularly as Christians who believe in a God who is good, that would entail that the judgment that he brings is actually good versus the judgment that we tend to bring as humans um, is uh, good in some ways, but then harmful or oppressive or exploitive or even destructive in other ways. And I think that's just something where, particularly as an American, as a Christian, like I really want to pay attention to that. I don't want to get into this space where I think, um, where, like this is where patriotism versus like, I don't know, nationalism or idealism, um, I think come into play where it's like, yeah, idealistically, I'd love for us to be this perfect nation. But I think it, it, it's, it's not wrong or unpatriotic to um, just call our nation to account, particularly one that says a nation under God, right? I think if we truly mean that, then can we actually live up to that by putting ourselves under God? And I think just asking that question is one that um, can be helpful in the ways that we live our lives and then call others to live and for our nation and also um, hope our nation can also live into that sort of principle or that sort of value as well. Michael, I'm wondering if you'd be willing uh, to close us in prayer and to ask for this kind of, um, I don't know, I, I think maybe just even this perspective to be open to uh, self-critique, like, you know, to to invite judgment upon ourselves, to to judge ourselves so that uh, we wouldn't have to face a harsher judgment from God or from others. Mm -hmm. Lord, thank you for this word. And thank you for the gift and challenge of prophets. Thank you for the kind of judgment that brings redemption and brings um, good and justice into this world. And God, I pray that um, as there are wars going on, as there are um, deep injustices taking place, God, that we would be people who would not fear um, or if we fear that we would turn to you in those fears. And ultimately we remember that you are sovereign and you are good and you are with us and you are with this world and your people. And I pray that we would be people who shine that light and that truth into the world. So your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Michael. And thank you everyone for joining us today. Hope you will be able to join us tomorrow as we continue this word about Babylon and see how it gets very specific about the type of leaders who are in charge of, or will be in charge of this empire. So go in peace.